Life Coach for Dogs with Tim Cornett. All right. Uh, welcome to the Dog Walker's Companion by Life Coach for Dogs. I'm the Life Coach for Dogs. My name's Tim Cornett. This is a podcast for Cleveland dog owners and only Cleveland dog owner, Northeast Ohio. If, if you're listening to this and you're an Arizona or something, log off now. We will not tolerate that. Welcome. Uh, we're reaching out to, uh, to various businesses and services and experts and people all around, all around the rich uh, tapestry that is Northeast Ohio to talk about, to talk about dog wrangling, mm-hmm. as I like to call it. And our guest today is Carolyn Lincoln of Play to Behave. Hello. Thanks for having me, Tim. This is exciting. Of course, oh, I'm well, a Browns for- fan, so I'm a dog myself. Oh, that's that's D A W G. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, the first uh, intended uh, episode of this was to talk the pa- about the passing of Swagger. Uh, oh, but as soon as we lined that. everything else, the world ended and then Swagger never got his his Aww. proper proper memorial. Oh, too bad. Yeah, I didn't know he passed away. Well, that's a shame. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's uh, <laughs> that got it got lost in all the other news. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh oh well now hi, nice meeting you. Here's some terrible news. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <okay>. a great <laughs> great first impression. Uh, no, it's this I'm just really um honored to be here. So I really appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. Oh well th- thank you very much. Now you are I'm, I'm, I'll be a little honest here. I was a little nervous inviting another trainer around here because like I'm an emerging business myself and I'm a very like and I am a comedian slash dog trainer and you are a veterinarian slash dog trainer so Mm -hmm. you like as far as credibility goes you blow me out of the water Uh, so just and like and uh, looking behind you you have a you have a wall full of trophies so you you Mm -hmm. are you are like a real real dog trainer here not a nut a nut <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. That's uh, that's a, a great. Now you are you are a licensed veterinarian. Yes, I, is that I, how you say that? Yes, I've been practicing okay. since uh, 1990. Okay, so, that's uh, about 30. That's years. A mm-hmm. 30 year veterinarian. Yeah. Uh, now <sighs> there are not a lot of veterinarian trainers out there. Uh, yeah. I imagine one, it's, it's probably a a significant pay cut. (laughs) Well, I started out there. um, Behavior is a big piece in veterinary medicine. And when I started, uh, it was not a specialty at that time, but they were talking about it. And I went and worked for one of my semesters with one of the best behaviorists in the country, Bonnie Beaver, Dr. Dr. Bonnie Beaver in Texas. And um, I would have loved to have become a specialist. You can do that. You can go through an internship and a residency after med school and, you know, get, get those, um, get board certified. But at the time it was not a specialty. So I started having a family when it did become one. And then it just was too hard because there are so few, when it, when a specialty is just beginning you would have to go to where they are to train under them. So that would have meant at least a couple of years, if not more of travel and being away from my family. And that was too hard. I had four children. So that wasn't an option really for me. And now they just, my last one just graduated from college and I'm, you know, about 60 now. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to go become a specialist, but I've always followed the behavior piece in veterinary medicine. So I always saw behavior patients when they came in and I, you know, we have to do continuing ed every couple of years, we have to get 30 hours and I do a lot of that in behavior. And then I did a lot of other side 
you know, convention type things for it. So it's always been an interest of mine. Training's always been an interest of mine. I kind of went to vet school as a, that was my second favorite thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, it sounds like a great, a a great choice. It seems like you're, (laughs) my guess would be that you're probably happier than most other veterinarians. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Depends on what they love, you know, but I just, I love behavior and I love training. And, and then when I got into, um, well, I'll tell you a funny story though, because I grew up basically hating dogs. I love training and I thought someday I might like to train animals for movies and that kind of thing or at the zoo. But, um, we had a dog when I was growing up and she was really difficult and she would steal my stuffed animals, my very most prized possessions and (laughs) dive under the bed with them, chew them up. And if I tried to get them back, I'd get bitten. She also, at that time, back then, you know, people open their door and they let their dog run the street. And so my, my parents would do that. They would just let her run and she would chase people and sometimes go after them if they're on a bike or something like that. She hated the mailman. So I was not a huge dog fan. I was a cat person. But then when I went to veterinary school, I thought, well, I better learn to love these animals. Like I had worked at the zoo. I worked at the Natural History Museum and I did a lot of different things, but sorry about that. But um, I hadn't really gotten into dogs. So then after I graduated, it's like, well, we need to get a dog. And then I found agility and I thought, this is it for me. This is awesome. And I'm going to train this dog to be a really well-behaved dog. And she's not going to do what the dog did that I grew up with. So um, that's kind of how that all came to be. Oh, so that's great. So you found dogs and dog agility at the same time, Mm -hmm. which is, which is having a dog agility in my mind is like, is having a dog times 10. Uh, before we get into that part though, I kind of want to go back to the, um, to the veterinary and behavior part. Mm -hmm. If somebody were to come to you and this is just for, for listeners, just kind of coming in and learning, what would you say is the difference? What is the line between, between training and, and, uh, behaviorism? Um, training's a piece of behavior. So there are really seven different things that you can do if you have a behavior problem. And one is, um, you know, just live with it. And most people don't want to do that or they wouldn't come to me or you, right? And then uh, two, you can manage the environment so that you lessen the problem. You can change the relationship. You can do behavior modification, training, which is like teaching your dog certain skills. Um, Then there are medication and supplements and I think I named all seven, except for the last one, which is relinquishment. You know, if you have to give up the dog. So for a good majority of behavior issues start with health. So, you know, your dog isn't listening to you. Well, maybe they can't hear. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> you're giving them hand signals and they can't see, you know, there's a variety of different things. House training. I had a six month old puppy once that came in. Uh, and was having accidents. They tried and tried everything they knew of. They were following everything to the book, and and they were really frustrated with this puppy. And I said, let's just get some blood work and urinalysis and see what's happening. And at the time, actually, it was kind of funny because the technician who was working with me thought like, oh, my God, she's just wasting these people's money. Like, it's a, it's a potty training issue. But as it turned out, that puppy was born with defects, you know, congenital defects to the kidneys, and they were failing. So there wasn't anything that puppy could do. So sometimes, I mean, it's really important to look at the the health aspect. So I guess that's the difference, that I look at that, and then I also do the training. Um, otherwise, I don't see why, you know, the the I'm sure you do some, don't you do some behavior modification too, a little bit I of that? Do, I, I do do behavior uh, modification. I my approach my approach is a little different. I um, I, I tend to focus on the owner a little more, and I, I mm-hmm. focus on the soft skills that kind of go behind dog training. Yeah. So it's like you know it's repetition and patience and consistency. 
but mm-hmm. finding it within yourself to actually provide the repetition, patience, and consistency is a little tough for some people. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I, I would say that's my strength as a dog trainer is that, you know, I've, I spent 20 years as a comedian and I'm good at conveying complicated information simply. Yeah, Uh, I love that part about you, that you have that sense of humor because that's so important. It disarms people and they're more willing to listen, I think. So you have to, you can't just love the dog. You have to love the people. You know, for me, it's really, it's really tied together. I, I love people a lot more because of dogs. I have a dog in my hand, people open up and they're glad to see me and I'm glad to see them. It's, Mm -hmm. we are, we're all a part of the same society. And I like, I just like having a dog better. You, but, and this, and then now this goes into, uh, into what we were saying, because I don't want to make this a, a commercial about me. If anything, this should be a commercial mm. for you, because <laughs> uh, there because there is the line between like you know a behavior issue and and a medical issue or like a uh, brain chemistry issue, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people a lot of people um, come ac- across that line, especially because they have rescue dogs or they 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 got an Amish country special and without really yeah. realizing it, <laughs> and these things. Uh, you know, these things really kind of pop up. How do you approach a brain chemistry issue? Uh, and how do you determine it? Um, I, I mean, I'm a little different than a lot of other vets in my position that work with behavior in that I think, I'm not sure, but I, hmm, how can I say this? I mean, they can, dogs can have a brain chemistry issue just like people can. So I look at the quality of life more than anything. And you can, I don't know, I just kind of have a sense sometimes and you can tell when something's terribly wrong. So for example, I went into a client's house once and the dog was shivering in the corner and wouldn't come out from the corner. And we sat down and talked calmly like we're talking right now. And I always, you know, have my clients do certain things before I get there. I know which door their best friends come in. I sit in the room their best friends would sit in and we chat and, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't do anything with the dog, not for a while. And if they can put the dog somewhere else, that's even better because then the dogs can hear me, they can smell me, but they don't see me. So it's a little easier for them to adjust to somebody in the house. And I need the dog to be as much like their normal self as possible for me to help them. So um, when I came in and this dog didn't ever calm down, it just, I mean, visually was trembling in the corner. I mean, there's no question in my mind that dog needs some medication to help it. Does it need it forever? Maybe, maybe not. A supplement I could tell wouldn't be strong enough. Then there are some other dogs that, that, I mean, there's a fine line, right? You aren't entirely sure. But I want to be able to use training and behavior modification to help that dog adjust or change whatever behavior needs to be changed. And if there, there's an issue where they can't learn because of a level of anxiety, for example, then that needs to be addressed. Now Does that, that makes sense? That makes perfect sense. And in my mind, I think it actually kind of zeroes in on why, why you're kind of a special service in Northeast Ohio, because there's no way a vet will come into your house and, and acclimate themselves to the surroundings like, like that. Like mm-hmm. a, a, an in-office vet will just not have, have the time to diagnose that. So like, you know, if you're in there and you have a half hour, what, what can you do in that time but guess? But you can be really mm-hmm. slowed down and, and thoughtful about it. There's only a handful of um, solutions or things that they, they give these dogs outside of training solutions, which is pretty much Apoquil, I think. Uh, I, I've come across a few that are still on Prozac, uh, which I, I, I could go on a rant about that. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, now there's CBD. People are giving CBD. Now, believe me, I love CBD. Like, I love CBD in all its forms. I, mm-hmm. I, 
I can I can go through CBD like most like like teenagers preparing for a reggae concert. <laughs> That's how relaxed I am right now. Um, but it is kind of like it's it's it, in my mind it's it, there's there's a lot of questions about it. Uh, it's marketed. The products you get are 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 really different. Um, yeah. What do you tell people when they ask you about CBD? Um, well, just to go back to your point really quick too, there's, uh, we use almost every, I mean, pretty much every class of drug that you can use on a person, we can use on an animal. So whether you're talking about benzodiazepines, you know, like, um, you know, Valium, and then we have the SSRIs, which are the, you know, Prozac and so forth. I mean, they all have their place and sometimes you use combinations, but there's many, many drugs to choose from. You can't use all the same ones because sometimes, you know, dogs are sensitive to things like you couldn't give a dog Advil, for example. Right. But we have lots and lots of choices. You just might not be aware of them. As far as CBD, I know that anecdotally, there's a lot of evidence that it's helpful. And I believe that that's true, Uh, but there's no... The laws are different in every state for one thing. And then, you know, what I'm allowed to do. So what what someone else could give to an animal wouldn't necessarily be the same thing I could give to an animal legally. And uh, so the laws are different in each state. And I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know what they are in Ohio. I haven't prescribed that or recommended that to anybody because every time I've asked about it, there's not really a standard um, formulation. So you don't know if you're getting something quality. There's some data, but as far as I know, there's not any data that I can really trust. So when you look at any kind of a supplement that's sold over the counter and you want to know, was this a good product? Each product in and of itself, I would answer you differently, right? So for example, there's some green tea extracts that are used to calm an animal and, or to calm a dog. But how much is in that particular product? And what's the exact form of that green tea extract in that product? And how has it been handled? And there's just a lot of questions, right? So they might have data, but maybe their data is from... 1998. Do I trust that? Or maybe it was done at the University of California, Davis. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty impressive. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was done by the pharmaceutical company that created it. So there's a lot of things to look at, like who researched it, when they did it, if there's been more than one study. Um, And so with CBD, that just, we just don't have that data yet. So I I can't, so if you asked me what I would say to you is with my professional hat on, I can't tell you that it's a good idea. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know any products that I personally trust, but I know there are people that it's dogs. It's helped. And if you can't, if you don't have anything else to use, then I guess why not? Okay. That's a really, uh, that's a great answer. (laughs) It's a really great, complete, thoughtful answer. I, and I would, I would say the takeaway from that is for like, you know, people just kind of listening like casual dog people, just be careful what you give your dog, like up to and including aspirin. I think that's a good point that people need to hear. Don't give your dog aspirin. You know, I should say too, like CBD has a lot of, um, glamor to it sort of, right. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I grew up in the seventies, sixties and seventies. So <laughs> I'm all about, like, I totally get it. Right? So you're also pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm cool too, but, or I was at one time, but, um, so it sounds really neat, but I haven't ever looked at the price differences either. So that kind of, I have that question in my mind. Like, are you really you, saving money using it? I don't know. You know, and I've also seen, um, seen like if it comes from legalized states where like some of the stuff they give animals still has some THC attached and like yeah you just got a nappy animal on your hands yeah um, true which yeah. uh 
you know, in, in the case that I'm thinking of specifically, it was a senior dog, which like, you know, you, you don't want a senior dog to spend any more time sleeping than he really has to. He only has so much time left. Yeah. Um, my guess is I mean, it has some great benefits. That's just my guess, you know, from what I've yeah. seen. But I, yeah, it's hard. Oh, anecdotally, to- I, I know I'm not hurting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know someone else who sells it, actually. They're putting it into a drink. So um, I've tried one of his, a couple of his concoctions. And it's like, yeah, I guess I'm a little more relaxed. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so it depends on what <laughs> uh, you, you got. You got something better, I guess. <laughs> I got I got some in a soda. It was a CBD oh. soda. I paid $7.50 for it, which is Wow. I will I don't care if it worked or not. Like I cannot be relaxed after paying almost $8 for a soda. <laughs> That's funny. Uh now I would like to talk about uh the Cleveland All Breed Training Club, which mm-hmm. is uh which is originally how I, I came to you. And I would like to talk about all those, uh, all those trophies on the wall. Now, when we oh. said agility uh, earlier, I guess we should explain that is not just like, like just the basic concept of agility. When dog people say agility, they mean a very specific sport in which dog person is pitted against dog person. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. It really is. It's a rush. Um, your dog has to go through a course um, of different obstacles and you have to complete it. If you're competing, you have to compete, complete it in the order that the judge has set it up and you just learn it that day. And there are jumps, tunnels, tables, A-frame, seesaw or teeter-totter, whatever you want to call it. There are weave poles, variety of things um, that you have to go through. It's uh, now I've never actually done it in any sort of uh, formal capacity. I would actually mm-hmm. love to. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I honestly. I don't know if either of my dogs would be right for it. But I do mm-hmm. have a client dog who I. I think I can just take him, yeah. <laughs> and we can learn together. Um, yeah. He is, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm. I am fascinated. It seems like it's a blast to do. It's a blast to do. And I I should say there are dogs, um, you're rewarded for precision and for speed. And so if you have great precision, you might not have as fast a dog, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa. If your dog's super fast, you might have difficulty getting the precision and you make mistakes and then you're, that's, that counts against you. But there are a lot of people with older dogs or dogs that aren't very fast and if the dog enjoys it and you enjoy it, it's great. I mean, it seems like you're, I mean, we are competing against each other, but really you're just competing with yourself. And it's a, it's for the most part a friendly group. It's a very social thing. Yeah. It seems like the difference between like, you know, there's backyard basketball and then there's like yeah. serious throw down basketball, like yeah. getting, getting elbowed in the face and stuff. Now, who who whose dogs do you think would be a good candidate? So if somebody's listening to this and their dog is like jumping up and down in the background and they're thinking, boy, I could use another physical activity with my dog. Mm-hmm. An indoor activity for those of yeah. you who happen to be listening in the winter. That's or, right. It used to be only outdoors. Now it's almost all indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I think any dog can be a candidate as long as they're healthy. And I'm a little more, I'm a little concerned about a dog that might have a long back, you know, to do jumping, but there are certainly are corgis and dachshunds that do it. Um, they just have the bar super low. Really any, the dogs have to be able to be around other people and other dogs. I think that's probably the most important thing. But there's, you know, when you start out, you just start out little and you start out with just obstacles like um, that we use for people to exercise. So little wobble boards and inflatable discs, you kind of get your dog used to the idea of motion and noise and height, and then you can start working on the other equipment. The equipment isn't really, I always thought when I got into it that the equipment was the really hard part. You know, you got to get your dog to go over stuff. You got to get your dog to take the jump and all that. 
Well, the dogs learn pretty quick how to do all those things. And if you're having fun, they usually have fun. Although there are dogs who don't love it, right? Some dogs prefer other sports, just like people do, um, in my opinion, anyways. So um, I used to think that, like I said, that it was the obstacles that were so difficult. But actually, you're working together as a team. And so your body language has to tell the dog where to go. And that's the hard part. So if you work with the dog, you can train the dog. So you could just say the words. You could stand in the middle of the course. Some people do do this. And you can just point to something or you can just say the word tunnel, climate, over, over, whatever they, you know, words they use. And the dog will do it. And that's a skill to be able to train that. Um, but more often the dog runs with you. And so they follow your natural movement. They want to be with you. So they basically run parallel. You converge on your dog. If you push a little bit on the line, you're going to push the dog away from you, which you might want them to take an obstacle that's away from you. That's the tricky part. Cause you, you have to use your body language. Uh, now my clients will know that I preach body language all the time. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And that's actually one of those things that's a crossover between comedy and dog training. Oh you, yeah. Cause, <laughs> and this is, this, it's actually one of the only two things of that, that, that idea that you have to go out and claim the space that's around you through force of personality. Cool. Really, only comes up in stand-up comedy and dog training. <laughs> I have a lot to <laughs> and it's learn so from tough. you. <laughs> it's it's so tough because it's such a, a an invisible skill. You know, you, it's like you're telling people to like, oh, well, go out there and and be confident. But what seems fun about this to me is that it gives you like like just like a dog incremental like happy like like signals that you are doing a good job. So if you're like, you know, like if you're on a wobble board, like, and they like it, okay, Hey, I'm doing it. All Mm -hmm. right. It sounds like fun to me. I would like to come down. It is really fun. You should go, if you get a chance to go watch a show, I mean, because of COVID, we can't really do that right now so much, but they're starting to have shows again. I don't know if I'll go because I'm not sure I feel comfortable, you know, doing that with what's happening, but um, you know, oh, if you want to come down to being a medical professional, yeah, it's, <laughs> probably it's, right. boy, what a rough time to understand science. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. It's, but if you could go, you'd see, I'll, I'll just tell you this, cause this will interest you then that there are basically six different, um, signs to tell your dog what to do. So it's your eyes your location, your shoulders, or, you know, which way you're facing, where your hand is, your voice, and the speed that you're going. I think I covered all six. So if three out of the six tell the dog to go take the tunnel, and three out of the six tell the dog to take the jump, the dog's like, guess I'll take what I want. (laughs) You know, so you got to make sure that you when you're running it, that you're, whatever you're using, you know, it all goes together so that at least four out of the six tell them where to go. Now, when you're, when you're in the, when you're in there, are you just in the zone? Is this like a conscious thought of like hips, eyes, pointers, doo-doo, like <laughs> flip here? Or are you just like in the zone, like jazz musician, just kind of like playing out, just like you, you've trained yourself what to do? I think it takes a long time to become a team and to just um, so you, it all kind of flows together like a jazz musician, like you're saying. It's a good that's a good analogy, and um, that's when it gets super fun. You know, I mean, it's fun the whole time, but that's really fun when you have that symbiosis between you and your dog. Um, but there are times, like in training, I'll go out and it's like I'm just working on my eyes, or I'm just you know, or we're just working on actually the least valuable of all those um, cues is the word, you know, dogs don't talk. So they don't, Uh, I could say banana and they're like, Oh, you said tunnel. (laughs) It's like, no, I said banana. My, my, 
you know, uh, and this is something I tell my clients is, is that dogs have like one field of study. It's, it's you. So oh. when they read every, every micro, every micro thing that you do, they, they understand it. It's, it goes, you know, it goes deeper than, oh, when he gets shoes on, it, it means it's time to go outside. They mm-hmm. understand that like, you know, and my dogs, they understand the way I say, I'm like, well, time to go outside. Like they, they understand that that's just the insane way that I say it every time. It's not mm-hmm. the words. It's that I am, I'm habitual and I do the same thing day in, day out. Yeah. And you're probably doing a lot of the things I just mentioned too. Like when you're ready to take your dog out, you're purposeful in your walk towards that door or to pick up that leash. And Even that makes amongst- a difference. Even amongst humans, most most communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, especially amongst humans, because that's like our our pack structures are very similar, and we we mm-hmm. uh, spend a lot of time. Now, agility. I know they have agility courses at the uh, the all breed uh, the Cleveland All Breed Training Club. Um. What other what other sports or uh, services do they offer, and do you do you teach? Oh, Jeremy just uh, ty- typed in to say seventy percent of communication is nonverbal. He ah. he correct <laughs> he corrected me oh. <laughs> Thank by you, text, <laughs> so now it's like sixty five percent. That's funny. Yeah, they weren't thinking about Zoom with that that number. Um, (laughs) so I'd say, um, let's see at Cleveland Aubrey training club, they teach, I only teach agility. I used to teach puppy performance, um, which is like a puppy class for dogs that want to go into some kind of a sport. Although it was good for any dog, really. It's more fun than just a traditional puppy class. If you ask me, um, but I'm just teaching the agility now. I'm off for a little bit trying to figure out when to go back. Um, But they do have classes in obedience and rally, which is kind of like agility, but it's obedience and agility sort of mixed together. I hope I don't. Again, obedience is another one of those is, is a noun that you think means one thing, but in dog world, it means a very specific set of things. Yeah. Yes. So this is a, um, it's a, it's sort of a sport. I mean, it's, I don't know if they call it a sport or activity or whatever, um, but they're very specific about how, you know, and they, they compete in it. Um, and there's, I believe, you know, I know they've had some confirmation classes there. There's, I don't know for sure all the things that are offered now in the past. I know that like tracking has been something, um, freestyling at one point they were learning there, which is dancing with your dog. Um, so I'm not there's some scent work, which is super fun. And a lot of people are getting involved in that now. Yeah. Uh, that, that does look fun. I've, I, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it does look like a lot of fun. And I guess nose work is a little bit different. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a variety of sports. And if, if they don't do it there, they sometimes are connected by supporting other places that do it. Like they have done a barn hunt. I don't know if they did it there or they did it somewhere else. So um, I'm not the best person to answer all that, but they, it's, it's on the website and then you have to, you could call and find out, but um, some classes come and some go, it, they change over time. Well, that's, and, uh, and, and I like to, um, I'd like to talk about this place just to kind of, um, as far as the facilities go, I just like to mention or ask uh as far as like air conditioning goes, bathrooms, amenities, stuff like oh, that. The place is huge. I mean, there's it's huge. One side, I think both there's two sides and that are connected, right? But two big rooms. So one room is for obedience primarily and one's for agility. And those rooms are approximately, mm, I don't want to say 100 by 100, but close to that, just for the floor space. It might be 90 by 70, but it's basically 100 by 100. Um, and then there's storage rooms. There's, um, we have, let's see, two two bathrooms that are 
like just one bathroom and then there's bathrooms with stalls in them and there's a family bathroom and there's uh, a break room area, which is kind of like a kitchen. There's an office, a boardroom, a puppy room. It's a very large place and it's really nice. It's got air conditioning. That's no. uh, that's great. And what a great thing to cue into, especially especially in our new global warming reality where the yes. hot days are way too hot and the cold days are way too cold. Exactly. So normally under normal circumstances, if you were there for competition, you'd be crating your dog indoors in the air conditioning. And uh, the flooring's really nice too. Now, what about the social aspect of these dog sports? We'll go back. We'll go back to agility since that's uh, that's your thing. Uh, yeah. You know, I know <laughs> this might seem a little off, off topic to ask, but I know it's like we're dog people. You, I yeah. like my dog, and I don't like other people. But you need <laughs> to like, you know. Uh, well. Yeah, there, like I mean, when you get up to people and other, what's the social scene like here? There, the personalities vary. You know, there's always different. It's it's kind of like a little bit like high school sometimes, but basically, it's people get very close. It's a small community because I mean, there's a lot of people in the community, but everybody gets to know everybody else, especially if you compete. And so it's great that way because you become very good friends. You go to classes with the same people for year after year after year. And then you're at competitions together year after year after year. So we celebrate each other's birthdays and we celebrate each other's championships. And, um, you know, we help each other out when they're, they're in trouble. You know, somebody gets sick, other people in the club often or in the community will go over and help that person and help them with their dogs. So it's a really supportive, wonderful community. And at most competitions, we also raise money for a charity. So it's, it's, I mean, there's probably mostly older, I would say over 50 is a large part of the population. Although there's younger people, there's more women than men. Um, but oh, you better be, edit that out, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome for the hey, men, right? I just got a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Men love it. And then there's all ages. Like we have, you know, 4-H kids all the way up to, I know at least one woman was 84 and she was still running her dog and there probably are more. Uh, we have people, we've had someone in a wheelchair that was running their dog and, you know, people with knee issues and some people who are just incredibly physically fit. So there's the whole range. Oh, that's, uh, that's great. Is there a, is there a really hot person? Like <laughs> a lot of hot women. Yeah. Oh, wow. Or hot men. I don't know what you're into, but <laughs> no, well, it's, oh man, whatever, whatever you're out there. Like, (laughs) if you come from the Dog Walking Companion podcast, please don't be a creepy jerk. That's all I ask. (laughs) Yeah. And if you are a creepy jerk, just don't drop this podcast name. I don't want to be associated with creepy. Yeah. Well, me, I'm married. I've been married 37 years, so. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Not, I've been not. with Corey, my girlfriend, for seven years now. Wow, that's awesome. Well, well, thank, well thank you. It's a yeah. it's a challenge not to chase each other with chainsaws sometimes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Nature of relationships, yeah. Yeah, that's why a dog is great to have. It kind of softens all of that, right? Oh, yeah. It just, I'm going to go walk the dog. That's, that's <laughs> how many relationships have just been, I'm, Taking 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm walking this dog. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, with agility, and so, like somebody's listening and they're like, oh man, I got to get into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, classes are available through, through the pandemic. Um, what if somebody wants, wants to reach you specifically and they're like, I want you to I want you to, do you do agility training for other people's dogs or do you, do you um, focus I'm, mostly on bare bones, like um, behavior issues? Um, well, okay. My, my business has changed because um, in the last five years or so, I've just been focusing on behavior. So I stopped doing general practice and 
I do, I was doing a lot of in-home visits. I did some in facilities and I did some at veterinary hospitals and it just, you know, the dog's more relaxed at home. So that works better, but it also takes a lot of time. And I end up repeating a lot of the same information, you know, that foundational stuff, which, you know, as a trainer, it's the same mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, I put a lot of my work online so they could, you know, I have courses online now and now it's a membership. And so I do teach a little bit of what you would need to know to get started in agility. The class that I teach is primarily for people who've already been doing it for a while. Their dogs know all the equipment. They're not necessarily beyond the novice level. They don't have to be. But uh, their dogs usually know most of the equipment. Sometimes they're having an issue with one or another. Um, uh, that online course is very reasonably priced too. That's uh, oh, my membership. Your your membership is yeah. very reasonably priced, especially yeah. because some of these some of these dog training programs out here they 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 want <laughs> they they want that money out of you. But but you've uh, you you've priced it very affordably for for people to get. Yeah, I, well, I wanted to, I was selling some courses and then it just seemed easier because people come and they needed help with, well, my dog's jumping on people or my dog's become aggressive or, uh, you know, I have separation anxiety issues or whatever they are. Right. And they're just so many different issues. The chewing, I have a puppy, I have an older dog. So I thought, you know what, it's just easier throw it all in one place (laughs) And then they almost always need support. No matter what I put up, they really need that one-on-one so that they can ask questions. And so um, I do group calls with the membership. So I put it all behind one wall. They get access to everything. I have some challenges in there. I have little mini lessons. I have four major courses that I'm working on, a fifth one right now. And then every week they can come on and ask questions. And it's been great, but you kind of need a critical mass. It's important to have, for me anyways, I mean, I get more jazz when there's more people in there. So right now I have about 40 active subscribers. There's more, but these are people that are actively in the membership basically. And so I probably get about 15 people that show up on the calls every week, which is really nice. Yeah, that's So great. it is affordably priced because I want to grow it. And then once it grows, then then it'll be maybe it might go up, you know, it will go up in price. But for now, I want to make it so I can help more dogs and more people. So I wanted to make it affordable and I wanted to make it so that I got more people in there because they help each other too. Then we have a Facebook group. They can go in the Facebook group and see what other people are doing. They can ask questions when it's not that, you know, weekly call. So it's been fun for me. I just really love it. They're getting results and that there's, I can't even tell you how exciting that is for me. And they're from all over. I have people in there from California and people from, you know, Michigan and. Well, those people better not be listening to this podcast. I know. I know. That's the thing. (laughs) I won't tell them. Promise. Okay, good. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's a great service and it's a very timely service for for right now during pandemic troubles because Mm -hmm. like. A lot of people got pandemic puppies to fight that, to fight loneliness, uh, and yeah. now they're now they're dealing with, with little jerks. Yeah, well, it's actually been <clears throat> it's turned out to be such a great model. I guess when I was going to people's homes, I kept thinking, I wish I had videos to show them because even when I give them the information, they aren't necessarily absorbing it all you know, because they're distracted. I'm in their house, you know, their dog, they're thinking about this and that. And it's funny because I went to a good friend of mine's house once she wanted some help with her puppy. And so it was jumping or something like that. So we went over everything and I told her exactly what to do. And I love this woman. She's, she's great. And she's super smart. And then her husband walks in. She goes, oh, oh, Al, you have to listen to this. You have to listen. You'll never believe what Carolyn just told me. This is all we have to do. And she proceeded to tell him what they needed to do to take care of this behavior. I was like, no, 
That's not what I said. <laughs> you know, that's not what I said. It's close, but it's not what I said. So I just thought if it's on video and if I'm there and I can keep answering questions and they hear me answer, you know, maybe I'm not answering your question, but they hear me answering somebody else's question. They get a lot out of that. And then I can see your dog on video and your dog isn't freaked out because I'm in your house. You know, they're calm. Yeah, the- so it's a really That's, actually uh, a good model for helping people. That sounds that sounds great. And yeah. I mean, I can't you know, do people like community. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people like community. Yeah. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely limited. I can't do some of. The, I can't make a diagnosis, and I can't prescribe online. So. I mean that. That's fair unless you want to dm some people like some like some some black web hookups or something like that yeah. but uh <laughs> no i just i uh, can i can give like an overview you know i can say these are some medications that you might you know talk to your veterinarian about these are some options cuz sometimes they don't even know that the options exist and um you know, they don't well, that's a great of- service right there. Like just mm-hmm. in, to join that kind of community of what questions do I ask my vet? Like mm-hmm. to even zero in on the area. That's, that's a great service. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really happy doing it. And I hope I'm making a big difference. The people that are in there are happy in there. It's it's just great to go in there every week and it's like, okay, let me know how things are going. Oh, my dog's walking so much better on the leash now. I can't believe it. Okay, so we're just dealing with this one little piece. So what do I do about that? It's exciting. Oh, that's enjoy it. That's are great. you doing any online? Uh no. This is this doing this podcast is actually my answer to mm-hmm. doing uh to doing stuff online. Yeah. Uh just because I am I am really I'm really blessed with a lot of people on the production end of things. Jeremy included Golden Ox Studio. Shout out. (laughs) Uh, I have a lot of things in the works, but you know how these production people are. They take forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, It's a barrier for a lot of people to do the tech work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I have a lot of, I, I have a lot of great, um, great friends in that area. So that's really, uh, Mm -hmm. that's really a good blessing on my part. I didn't want to do an online course, although I, I, I've had a friend who not a dog trainer, but he's kind of made his living selling online courses in the financial, in the financial world. So I've Mm -hmm. been kind of talking with him about it, but, um, I'm kind of, I'm just, uh, I've kind of decided to go a different way with it. I, um, yeah. Doing podcast, this is still kind of early days in my business. I, I've uh, been at it a few years. So like, like, uh, like I told you in the email, this is just kind of about like reaching out, figuring out who else is in Cleveland, yeah. who else is in my area and my backyard and just seeing what other people are up to. Yeah. I love podcasts too. I'm like a podcast fiend. So oh, <laughs> I, I think am, it's I great you're doing this. Oh well, thank you so much, and I uh, I certainly hope to have you back again. This is uh, this was great, and I can <laughs> we talked for an hour actually. So Uh-oh, we better, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. We we maybe maybe we'll make it a an extra long. If you yeah. if you are walking your dog on this podcast, turn back quick. You're too far out. <laughs> You're too far out. I'm a, I apologize. Yeah, I can't. You get me talking about agility, and I can't stop. <laughs> that's that's great. It's it's something to get into, and I think uh, any dog person bonding exercise and meeting people mm-hmm. that you can uh, use CBD with is a great. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> tie it all back. Uh, look yeah. in the show notes. I'll make sure to post everything. Links to your course. Uh, oh, I do have actually. I meant, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. I do have a video. I have to shoot you the link. Um, and it's, uh, it's great because it's just one simple skill they can teach really quickly and easily, and it will give them a lot of control over their dog. You can use it for positioning, for determining the level of arousal and a whole number of other things. So, um, 
If you want, I'll give you that link and they can. Yeah, go ahead and send it. I will be so upset if it's something like just hit your dog. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, this is super fun. My, my, we didn't talk about philosophy, but my thought is I want a dog that's eager to please me. I want to get out there and I don't care if that dog can't, doesn't have as much self-control as they need because I want them like, I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to play. Let's do something together now. Like, that's what I want. I don't want like I'm so afraid to make a mistake. I don't want that. That is that is how I go. I don't like necessarily bad mouthing methods because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'd rather you train your dog than not train your dog. Yeah. Uh and then once we're beyond that barrier, we can have a whole bunch of other conversations beyond mm-hmm. that, but training your dog is still better than not training your dog. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Carolyn. And I would love to have you back. And uh, yeah, we'll post, we'll post everything in the show notes. Um, If this course sounds right for you, I, I strongly encourage you to check it out and, uh, Mm -hmm. and join the, join the community or, and same thing with agility. I'm going to check it out. Oh Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'll have to come when I'm there and, and I'll show you around. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. I got a big old German shepherd who uh he's excellent and he's so smart, but he just he needs he needs a little more. He needs a little more uh oomph. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's coming into his own and he's like a Spartan. <laughs> wow. I love that breed, so yeah. He's yeah, he's such a good boy. I could talk about him forever. All right. Uh well, well, thank you so much, Tim. It's just been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Carolyn. We'll see you next time on the Dog Walking Companion. Okay, Dog Walkers thank Companion. I've thank you. Messed up my own podcast name. Uh, (laughs) and as always uh, we encourage you to uh, donate money to uh, Neighborhood Pets a great organization within Cleveland it helps people on hard times uh, it helps Cleveland people on hard times and that's that's kind of spreading right now and it's it's hard times with people with their pets Uh, and I like this organization a lot because it kind of it helps dogs before they become shelter dogs And, uh, you know, just help poor folks out. I am a life coach for dogs. You can find me at lifecoachfordogs.com. You can find Carolyn at playtobehave.com, which is a great name and a perfect philosophy all set up in one and one easy to remember web address. And thank you to Jeremy Deremy. Sorry, Jeremy Demery. (laughs) I can't, my lips just want to say Jeremy Deremy. Uh, but it's not. It's Jeremy Demery of Golden Ox Studios. For all your podcast needs, he's going to edit in a cool sound right now. Thank you very much, Carolyn. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you, Tim. Hey, kid. What? You want to hear a story? Why not? It's about how awesome uh, these dogs are. Okay. See? Dogs. Dogs. Dogs are awesome.